What's going on, guys? Back for episode number two. <laughs> I was waiting for Dawn to say that. She put up her two fingers, but then... No one can see that. Nothing so. came out, and so... We haven't started recording videos, so there's no way you guys would have been able to see that. So yeah, oh, welcome man. back. Um, man, so cool to see... We opened up to record today and saw that, um, you know, all the people that have been listening, uh, not specifically, but the number, and we've talked to a bunch of you that have sent us texts or seen us um, out and have told us you, you know, listened to the first episode, uh, which has been super encouraging. Um, you know, it's always fun when you get to have those conversations with you guys and hearing that you're listening uh, to what we're putting out there and you know, because sometimes you put stuff out there and you're like, Does, is anyone listening to this? Uh, and, you know, no part of us are really doing it to like get followers or get listeners. Um, purely just doing this because we want to share from our life and hopefully it adds value to people. But it's always super encouraging when you hear that like people actually listening. Um, <laughs> people so, yeah. are actually listening. <laughs> yeah. Like people are like, oh, wow. They really are. like some people are getting value out of it. Um so yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome yeah, back to welcome home. back. Welcome to our living room. We're sitting here again. Come have coffee with us. Coffee talk. I feel like it's like our coffee talk. <laughs> it kind of is our coffee talk. We just got back from a walk around our amazing neighborhood. Talked to a couple of really cool neighbors um, that we have. A couple of older folks in our neighborhood. And man, it's starting to get a little cool. But then it's yes. back up into the Ugh. low 90s next week here in Georgia. Um, but nonetheless, yeah. it really is like coffee talk. It is. It's cool. I think after, after our episode last week, one of the things that we both kind of felt like is we wanted to share what we've learned. Like we both have had some pretty, um, crazy upbringings and childhood and adolescence and college and, and through it all, we kind of just left you guys hanging. <laughs> like we shared it all, but then there was nothing left with it and so I think today we kind of wanted to follow up with that and share what did we learn like what value have we gained from the stories from our life um so that's kind of the direction we're going to go today and I don't know do you want to go first or you want me to go first I kind of feel like I need to go first because last week if obviously you guys the people that did listen last week heard that I was and especially if you know me heard that like I was all over the damn place with my story. <laughs> like listening to Don go first, I was like, oh, I got to hit this point. Oh, I got to hit that point in my story. And then I like listened back to it after and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, I was really all over the place. I had no <laughs> idea what the heck I was talking about. Um, and those that know my story, you know, you know more of it. Um, and, you know, I think the great thing with this podcast is we're not, it's not a one and done for us. And, yeah. and we're looking at this to do this for, from now until, you know, we get older. Um, and I think that's a cool thing is we, we get to continue to tell more of our story. And, um, and so, you know, there was a part of it where it was like, oh, wow, I was going all over the place. Um, and I wanted to like go back and re-record and give you guys more details. But then I was like, oh, we're going to hit all the details as we get into more subjects. So um, I do want to go first. Okay. There you go. You get to go first. It's not very chivalrous, but, <laughs> you know. Um, and yeah. I'll, I'll help interject if you uh, start rambling. 
Yeah, I, I won't I, leave you hanging like I did last week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we talked about that too, Don. She's like, yeah, you kind of were rambling a lot, but I don't know. I was kind of tired after I I told my story, so I really didn't feel like stopping you. <laughs> like, oh, great teamwork there. This is awesome. This is so good. Oh man! But as you guys hear, you know, so much of this is we we want this to be different in the fact, like, in the way of you're getting us. Like, mm-hmm. I think we listen to some podcasts where it's like it's so scripted and it's got, you know, the, and we will probably have people on here where we ask questions and interview and, and get, you know, stories, but we wanted this to be like you were in our living room and talking to us because you are in our living room, um, actually. And, uh, yeah, so we hope you're, you're, you're enjoying this kind of format. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to go into a couple of, things that uh, I take away from and I've taken away from my childhood. And, and, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's crazy. You know, I really do truly believe that God determines the times and places and, and, um, you know, life is an ebb and flow, but it, it fits together perfectly. Um, I truly believe that through all that I've been through that you are always exactly where you need to be. Um, And I know that sounds cliche to some people, but I really do. After all that I've been through in my life, I feel like life really does put you exactly where you need to be at that time if you're open to learning the lessons in that moment. And, um, you know, Don shared a, a little piece. I haven't really shared anything on, on social media in the last week or so. I've, I've just been kind of deep in thought and um, I'll share a little quotes here and there. But um, this past week, uh, last Saturday, I actually found out a... Um, a friend, a coach, a mentor, um, actually the guy that got me into coaching um, youth lacrosse and then high school lacrosse uh, passed away. And, um, you know, it's it's something that I just actually spent, uh, which was so serendipitous. I, I spent uh, the last waking time I spent with him was on May 18th, watching uh, the high school that I used to coach at win their second state championship. And the first state championship that they won was in 2011 when I was coaching and his son was a senior and I had started coaching his son when he was in, I believe, fourth grade with him. Um, And he's the one who gave me an an opportunity to start coaching uh, when I had no experience and was a ripe 22-year-old spunky little crazy guy who had no idea what the heck he was doing with his life. And, um, you know, I think death always, if you allow it to, um, it really helps you to, to put into perspective how fragile life is and how quickly uh, life goes. And, you know, I think for me, uh, I got the text actually after I came out of a workout, I was working out up at the studio that I train at, one of the studios that I train at. Um, and I came out of the studio, went and looked at my phone before I was going to hop in the shower and Got a text from his son, uh, who's like a little brother to me, and I just I went in the office of the studio and just wept. Um, and I, I haven't cried in a long in a, in a while, uh, like a cry like that. Um, and I just stayed in the office for about fifteen minutes, and no one had any idea where I went. And you know, I think it was tears of it was tears of gratitude. Um, I was so grateful, you know, because I hadn't spent time with him in three years. Um, and I was so grateful that I had gotten that that day to to hang out with him and and you know it was it was where we started. It was 
watching a game that we loved. It was watching kids, um, you know, experience a dream come true for them. Um, and so it was tears of gratitude. It was remembering all the memories that I had with him. It was remembering all the lessons that I learned from him. Um, he was a guy that just, he exemplified what I feel like all of us need to learn about life. And that's just literally being in every single moment and being grateful for every single moment that we have. There was not a moment uh, that he was not, we, the word we describe him that just comes to mind every time you think about him and you ask anybody who knew him, jolly. He was just jolly. Like he was just the happiest guy all the time and one of the most genuinely authentic, loving people you'd ever meet. Uh, and his wife described him, uh, you know, in the his service, the pastor of the church said that his wife described him as the kindest man she had ever met. She got to marry the kindest man she had ever met, and he truly was. He was the kindest man you ever met. Um, and so, yeah, this past week, it just, I felt like it was, it was perfect uh, time for me to reflect even more on preparing for this episode of, you know, what we've learned. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing we talked about is, is we want to talk about two key points of, of things that we've learned in our life. And um, I'm, yeah, it just brought me home to like, what are the two things? Uh, it, it stuck out even more for me. And um, the first thing that I, I wanted to talk about that I, I've learned in my life and over the course of my life and through coaching and through all the different leadership positions that I've had, through the, the adversity that I've had to overcome to get to where I'm at right now, um, you know, the things I've learned from my parents, from coaches, mentors, one of the first things is, is choice. Um, and how we have a choice in our life at every single moment to choose how we see that moment. Are we going to see it as an opportunity to grow? Or are we going to see it as something that, you know, life is happening to us, um, you know, I would say is, is life, life is either happening to you or for you. You have two ways to view it. You have a choice in every single moment. Is it happening to you or for you? And, you know, the, the thing I love, and I used to, you know, talk about this to my youth ministry um, that I used to work with, is the, the greatest gift God ever gave us was the power of choice. And, you know, some people want to say, well, I didn't, I didn't choose for this hard thing to happen. It just happened. And I say, yeah, but you have the choice in how you respond to it. And what are you going to learn from it? And how are you going to grow from it? And what lessons are you going to pull out for yourself so that then you can give those, those learnings to other people? Um, I truly believe our life is about growth. It's, it's about blossoming into the being that you were created to be. Um, I believe we all are given gifts and talents when we're born and life gives us the opportunity to continue to grow into those gifts and talents and for me you know at every stage of my life I've always had the choice in how I'm going to respond to a situation um, you know I can look at the fact that I was born to a, a 16 year old mother and a father who you know who when they were young um, 
you know, they, they made decisions that, that, that they thought were best for them at the time. And it, it, some of those decisions adversely affected, I can look at them and say, well, they adversely affected the way that I got to grow up and what I got to experience. And I, I used to live in that state of victimhood when I was younger and, and when I was a child and, and I would look at it and play the victim card. And as I got older, I realized like, damn, like I'm so grateful for the adversity that I faced growing up and the, the way that I grew up. Because as I've gotten older, I can look and see all the things that I was able to gain, all the strength that I was able to gain, the, the level of perseverance that I was able to learn, um, the, the hardships that I went through prepared me to give back to hundreds of thousands of kids that I've been able to mentor through coaching and leadership. Um, not only kids, but, but men and women that I've, I've worked with in different leadership positions, so many of the things that I've been able to give a, as far as wisdom to people has been from the way that I grew up, from the things that I went through. And, and so choice to me is one of the biggest things that I've, I've learned is such a gift uh, as I've gone throughout my life. Um, we always have the choice. We always get to choose how we respond and how we see life. Uh, is it glass half full or is it glass half empty? In every single moment, no matter what you're going through, whether you're experiencing death, whether you're experiencing financial hardship, whether you're experiencing health hardship, you always have the choice in how you look at it. And so many, as I look out throughout our culture today, it's I feel like we've become a culture that has, we've, we've perpetuated the victim cycle. Um, and there's so many great things that I feel like social media and, you know, uh, Facebook and, and Instagram and all the different social medias have, have done and can do. And there's, there is so much good that can come from it. But there's also the other side of it, the flip side, where I feel like we've become a, a, a society of victimhood, um, where it's, it's put us in this mindset of comparing ourselves to other people and, and and looking at our lives as glass half empty and like, well, I don't have this, or I need this, or I need that, or this person has that. How come I don't have this? And, and you know, we want to one up or we, we feel like we're, we're living in this state of lack. Um, Can I interject for a minute? Sure, 100%, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, too, you can share that, like, you personally have, like, you fall into that as well. Like, I, like it's come out in our own lives, like, that we see it so much out in the world or we see it in our circle of people, but we face it as well. Like yeah. we, we meaning me and TJ have such a hard time with social media because of that. Like it's so hard not to compare. It's so hard not to feel, well, that person has that or that person has that. And so that's where I just wanted to like bring yeah. it back to us personally. Like we, yeah, struggle not even struggle but we like have that reality as well that it's so hard to play the victim yeah in our own personal life yeah so true guys this is why i have a wife this is this is why we are best friends because she brings me back and it's true it is something that i i'll share specifically you know this power of choice um you know i I always tell the kids that I used to I used to coach and and even any if you've ever been you know worked with me in any sort of capacity um where I've led you in any way and in, in any any position I always say 
you know, I have this uh, quote that my former coach used to say all the time to us. And um, it's something I pulled away and have had as in my tool belt for as long as I can remember. Um, but he says, do the little things and the big picture will take care of itself. And the second quote is, be the best that you can be and better than you ever thought you could be. And it's something that I have. I have, you know, thanks for the call out. It, it is. It's something that I have struggled with in this past couple of years specifically. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've known in my heart since I was 16 years old. I've said since I was 16 that all I wanted to do with my life and my career was help people. Um, I've wanted to be in positions where all I'm doing is just helping people grow, um, grow through adversity. And how do you grow through adversity? And, you know, this past year, uh, about a year and a half ago, I decided to, I finally came to a place where I'd gotten to in my career in restaurants. Um, I always wanted to make a six-figure salary and I'd gotten there. Um, I'd gotten six figures. I'd gotten equity in this phenomenal company. Um, but what was happening was I was losing myself. Um, I was losing myself. I was, I found myself in a position where I'd gotten the money, I'd gotten the contract and all I was focused on was making the money. Um, I was focused on the next position. I, I wanted to just keep climbing the ladder. Um, and in that, what I had realized was I was becoming everything that I didn't want to be. Um, I was losing relationship with my kids. I was, our, our marriage was starting to suffer. I was becoming just an angry person. Um, and so I finally made the decision to leave that corporate position to follow my heart and my passion. Um, and it was really hard for me because I had known that that was in my heart to not to leave that for a couple of years. I had been contemplating and talking about leaving the restaurant industry and I wanted to become a life coach. I wanted to become a leadership coach. Um, but I was scared because in society's eyes, I looked at that and I was like, well, in society's eyes, I, I'm in the best position. Like I'm in a position where I can get equity. I have a great salary. I'm making great money. I have a great position. And why would I leave this right now? Um, and I started comparing myself to people. I'm like, well, a life coach, like what? Like leadership coach, like what are people going to think about that? Like I just kept thinking and, and leaving the security of a paycheck, like there's no way. This is so stupid right now. Like I've fought to get here and now I'm here. Like why would I leave this? And um, and then I would compare myself to the people that I would see out there that were the speakers uh, that were speaking on these big stages that I would love to do. And and I just kept cowering. And Don was like, you know, she's been telling me to start a podcast for, I don't even know, maybe three or four years. And we talked about doing it together, but she's been pushing me like, you need to speak. You need to get out there and speak and you do what you love. And I just couldn't. I was froze. I You chose. I chose. Life is a choice. I chose, yeah. And you chose I chose to, to stay there. Yeah. I, I chose to play small, which is everything opposite of what I've always encouraged all my kids. I've always encouraged all the kids that I've coached, be anything you want to be. Just be the best that you can and don't worry about what anyone else thinks. And here I was faced with the time in my life where all of those lessons that I would teach all my kids, I was stuck with that. I was in that point in my life where it was like, okay, I have a choice here. And so in Chicago, I, I remember I, I, I finally 
Um, and this is the first time publicly I'm going to share this, but I, I had an anxiety attack one day. Um, it was the first time ever in my life I had a panic attack. Um, I'd never experienced it before. Uh, I'd come home. On, I, I remember the day as, as, as if I'm reliving it right now. Um, it was after we moved to Chicago. It was about eight months after being there, and it was a really, really stressful time. I I was going on like, I don't even know, like four weeks of stress straight days, seven days where it was like 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. at night where it was just nonstop. And it was this one day that I, I had a bunch of meetings. Uh, this new store that we had just opened up was absolutely insane. And I came home for a conference call and I just walked in the door and was shaking, like literally like physically shaking. And Don was like, what's wrong? And I just broke down. Like that kind of crying where you're like, hysterically crying where you're like uncontrollably sobbing and you can't catch your breath kind of crying. And I had a conference call like in five minutes and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I just, I, I have a conference call. I need to jump on it. And I, like, he, I'm like audibly, I can't even talk. Like I mouthed like, basically the words, got on the conference call with the person that I was supposed to be on the call with. And I just told her, I was like, I, I got I I'm sorry, but I don't know what's going on, but I can't talk right now. And so I ended up getting off the conference call and Don just looked at me and I was like, I need time by myself right now. And I just went in my, our bedroom and I curled up in the fetal position in my, my, uh, our bedroom and I just cried and I just sobbed. And my grandfather, who I shared a little bit about, uh, you know, before, who was, uh, you know, functioning alcoholic, I told you he was a great guy and he was. One of the things he used to always say, and I love him for this because I always remember it. Um, but he used to always say, who gives a shit? Um, and it was his way of saying like, who cares about what other people think? He was his own man and he didn't care what anyone else thought. And I'll never forget in the fetal position, sobbing uncontrollably. And the reason why I was sobbing is because I knew that I was a living a life based off of other people's opinions. And I remember in that moment, I heard my grandfather's voice say, TJ, who gives a shit? And for me, it was like, I remember gasping and I was, it was for the first time in like two hours of crying like that, literally it was like two hours. I took a deep breath and it was one of those deep breaths where you're like, your whole body feels like it just filled with oxygen. And it was in that moment that I, I took the deep breath and I heard him say it again. I, I, I literally specifically remember hearing his voice say, TJ, stand up. Who gives a shit? It's time to walk away. It's time to do what you were called to do and what you want to do and to not worry about what anyone else thinks and to not worry about how it's going to financially affect you. It's okay. Who gives a shit? We'll figure it out. And I remember standing up and I opened up the door and I just told Don, I walked out and I said, I'm done. I'm done. It's time to live my life in the life that I know that I was called to live. And, you know, from there, it was subsequent choices, subsequent, you know, conversations that we had um, where we made the choice to leave Chicago. And, and you know, we were going to stay in Chicago and finish it out. And, you know, for I, I said, look, I'll do it for another year. Um, but it's time. I'm ready. I'm ready to step into this person that I've always wanted to be. Um, I want to help change people's lives. And this isn't the way that I want to do it. I want to do it on a more deep level and a deeper way. I want to help not only people gain more financially 
to help you know in their lives, but I want to help people on a deep heart level. Um, I want to help men specifically as husbands and fathers. And, and how do you balance a career and, and be a, a phenomenal husband and, and father? Um, how do you show up? And so it was then that we made the choice uh, to leave. And, and, um, and so choice, choice, choice is the first lesson I learned. And, and from there, it's been every day since then that I've, I've had to wake up with the choice of how am I going to show up today? And who am I going to be? And and this last year has not been easy at all. I've still battled with worrying about what other people think because here I am. I went from a six-figure salary to now having to build my business and, and from scratch, um, you know, from scratch. I'm, I'm literally building this from scratch, uh, my life coaching practice. I'm, I'm building it one person at a time, one client at a time, um, one conversation at a time. You know, I got back into training, uh, speed and agility training. It's, it's one conversation, one client, one student athlete at a time, one team at a time. Um, and every day I'm faced with the choice of, okay, who am I going to be today? And how am I going to show up? And so if you're out there today, choice. You have the choice no matter what you're going through in life. You have the choice of how you want to be and who you want to show up with as today. Um, and so choice is the first thing I will share. And I'll let Dawn share now. Um, oh, we're going to go back next. and forth. Yeah, I think we should because I've <laughs> talked now for like 20 minutes. I think it's you know good for you. And here we are crying again, reliving you know what this past year has been. And, and um, you know, guys, this is what you're going to get from us. You're going to get the raw reality of, of, of a glimpse into our life. And, um, you know, we're yeah. sitting here talking and I'm sitting here sharing and I can't look at Dawn because she's crying. And <laughs> I'm crying again, thinking about like this last year, I, you know, I, I saw one of the kids that I, I saw a bunch of the kids that I coached for years who are now adult men who are just phenomenal young men. Um, now, and one of them asked me, you know, yesterday at the funeral and he asked like how it's been going. And I just looked at him and I said, it's been really hard. I said, this has been one of the hardest years that I've ever had to go through in my life. And it has, it's been one of the hardest years, but it has been one of the most beautiful years, uh, that I've ever had to go through. And, um, you know, one of my mentors, uh, who was actually the CEO of the company that I left, um, who has been such an amazing support, um, who I admire and love more than he understands uh, how much I admire and, and respect and love him. Uh, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago and, and I told him it's been really hard. Uh, it's been really difficult. And, you know, thinking that maybe, you know, because of my survival patterns and my negative way of thinking sometimes that I can get caught up in thinking he was going to say, well, yeah, you left the security of this phenomenal career, um, you know, thinking I'd expect, I wouldn't expect that from him, but that's just a negative tape that played in my head at the time in that split second. And his response was so beautiful. He said, you're not going to quit, are you? And he knows me. He knows that I'm not a quitter. And it's why he recruited me years ago. And I know it is because, you know, I asked him one day why he recruited me and it's exactly what he said. Um, and I just smiled and I said, no, I'm not going to quit. You're right. I'm not going to quit. No matter how hard it gets, I'm going to keep going. And, uh, and I want to encourage you guys out there. Whatever you're going after, whatever you're pursuing, it's going to get hard. And it's, it's not always going to be easy. And it's not always going to be sunshines and rainbows. 
But you gotta keep going. You have a choice in every single moment to choose to learn and to grow or to quit and play the victim. But you get that choice. And it's one step in front of the other. One foot, one decision, one moment that you get the choice to keep going and to keep fighting. Uh, And that's something too that I know that I learned from both of my parents. Um, They've never quit. They've never quit. And they've kept on going. So I'm going to throw it over to my lovely wife uh, and hear one of the things she's learned. Um, So I feel like for me, one of the biggest things that I've learned is every intricate detail of my life, um, every... I mean, essentially every choice I made, since we're going along with choices, but every choice that I've made um, makes me who I am. Literally, everything that I have gone through, every experience, every choice, whether... Like, I don't even like saying a good or bad choice. Like, they're all choices, and it makes me who I am. From being sexually abused to being raised in a... Um, a religious culture to going to college and getting involved with so many drugs, being raped in college. Like there's just so many intricate details that I used to feel so shameful for and I wanted to hide. Um, I, I think maybe because of that culture, the religious culture, it perpetuated this cycle of hiding from that and feeling shameful and feeling that I wasn't enough because of all those things. And I'm finally stepping into, no, I am enough. And because of all those things, I'm a fucking badass woman. And I know that. And I have so much to give and I have so much to offer. And I'm, I'm going to get emotional too, but I've overcome so much that I'm still standing and that I'm still fighting and that all those little things, not all those little things, but all those details of my story, all the pain, all the hurt. And I think what TJ said, like it is a choice. I I can choose to play a victim and woe is me and all this happened to me. And like, I could, I could stay in that, but I do choose to see it as it makes me who I am and I am enough and I am incredible like and I I I think my I took note I'm a notes person you guys will learn (laughs) TJ speaks from the heart but I I speak from the heart but I need notes to keep me on track but apparently I need notes to keep me on track too because I go all (laughs) over the place so again choose to learn I'm learning uh that is something I need to do too is take more notes and and write things down because planning is good (laughs) But I get in the flow is what she says. Yes, you do get in the flow. Um, But, you know, with that, like, I am enough. One of the things I have learned as well is that I don't need validation from anyone else or any other sources. And for so long in my life, I looked to everything else to fill me up. I looked to a church I looked, when I was in high school, it was peer groups, like friends. I looked to, um, you know, in college, I looked to drugs. I looked to men. I, 
I've always looked outside of myself for that validation. And I think I grew, like I would grow and I would kind of get a little better at it and I'd get a little better. And once we had kids, like I felt like it got a little better. But I think one story that sticks out to me was when we were in Rochester, um, we were a part of this fitness club that um, it was a really nice club. And sometimes I, I felt like we were fake being there because um, our TJ's company was paying for our membership and there was no way in hell we could afford that membership. It was so expensive. Um, but being there, I felt that little girl within me wanting to be enough in front of these women. And I would like I would be ashamed of the, the clothes that I had because I didn't have the Lululemon tank tops and pants. And um, I, I just I wanted to hide again because I felt that I didn't have all the things, the materialistic things to make me enough. And I remember we I have a, a minivan, a Honda Odyssey. Which I love my band now. Shout out to the soccer moms out there. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but it's an older, ver- like an older model, and I used to park in the back of the parking lot at this gym because I didn't want the moms, like the women, to see me. And it was kind of like at first it was just whatever, like it's okay. Like they'll once they get to know me, then they'll like me. Um, but it kind of like kind of a sucker punch in the gut. Like I woke up and like realized what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I hiding this? Like, why am I hiding who I am? And and let's be honest here. If the women don't want to be my friend because I drive an old minivan, they're not the friends that I want anyways. And it was, it was a like rude awakening for me to realize like I was still looking for outside things to validate who I am. And, um, materialism was something I think I, I've find I have like gotten to a place that like I am so confident in who I am that I really don't give a fuck what I'm wearing or what I drive like because I know in my core and in my soul I'm pretty awesome and because of all that I've gone through and because of all that I've overcome I don't need all the flashy stuff to make me great um I read a book um the subtle art of not giving a fuck And highly recommend it. But it essentially talks about like you only have a certain amount of fucks to give in a day. And you get to choose who you want to give those fucks to. And I know it's like a blunt thing to say, but it's reality. Like it is reality. Like you only have like a certain amount of energy to give out to people. And do you really want to give that away to people that like don't really know you or that... I don't really care about like why do I want to give my energy to that and so it's been one of the most freeing things for me um as a woman that grew up in that like that way it's been freeing for me to just not give a fuck about what other people think like it it's held me back for so long that I'm done like I am done trying what are you doing you're distracting me (laughs) I'm looking up a scripture. Okay, sorry. He's looking at my phone and it's distracting to me. <laughs> Again, you have a choice. I know, but anyways. Um, so yeah, that's that's something that I, I really feel that 
has helped me so much in, in my walk and in my life um, to own my story, own who I am and, and know that I am enough and I don't need others to tell me I'm enough, that I get to truly believe that. Um, I think in light of this um, guy that passed away this past week, um, it was really cool to be able to go to the the memorial service yesterday and and just really think about life and like TJ said like this guy like I I didn't know him that well um but I swear to you every time I saw him he would give me the biggest hug and I felt that like I was a part of his family like he just had this energy about him that like he just embraced you and loved you and I think it it was good for me to reflect on it yesterday because I just feel like that's what life is about. And life is about loving people and embracing people and getting to know people. I mean, I think that's the other thing is like he was, he'd always ask how our boys were doing. Like he always cared about me as a person. And I think so many times like we get so wrapped up in what's going on in life or whatever the kids stuff or things like you just get so distracted that you forget to see people and he was so great at that at seeing people and loving them and I think it helped me just to realize like you really do have to embrace every moment and live every day to the full um I said this on my insta stories yesterday but you only get one life you get one life And I have realized I'm not going to sit around in my one life and care about what everyone else thinks. I I can't. Like, at the end of the day, who do I get to look at in the mirror? It's just me. It's just me standing there with myself. And if I can't be happy with myself and look at myself, then what's the point of living in this life? Like, it's, you've, you know, TJ always, not always, but he shares a scripture like, Love your neighbor as yourself. And I think there's a big piece of it. We always, in the Christian culture, like we taught love your neighbor, love your neighbor, but we leave out the piece of as yourself. If you can't look in the mirror and love yourself, like what what good are you to your neighbor? Like, And I, so I feel like that's where I've come is like you have to live every day to the full. And in that, you have to love yourself. And when I love myself... That means that I love every little detail of my story and who I am and where it's brought me and all the lessons that I've learned. Like I have to love every piece of it because at the end of the day, that's all I've got looking in the mirror. It's it's me and my reflection. And as TJ was saying, like who do I want to like who do I choose to show up as? And it's such a great reminder for me, like when I look in the mirror, like, who did I choose to show up as today? Um, so that's, yeah, I feel like that's, that's the gist of it. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's you good. Can interject. Yeah, no, I think it's good to like, uh, it's a good segue into like the second, it's so perfect. Like she shared, started to share what the second thing I, you know, wanted to share about today. And, and I, you know, it's funny, we, we, we've shared about our, our journey, a little bit about our journey in church and, and Christianity. And, and um, you know, it's, it's something that I think that culture in a lot of ways 
taught us so many fundamental values, but in so many other ways, it taught us how to hide. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's one of the reasons, honestly, why I have such a desire to work with men, because I just saw so many men in that culture that trying to do everything, greatest hearts, trying to do everything they can to be the greatest men, fathers, husbands that they can be. But it bred such a culture of hiding and shame that there were certain things that, that men just would not share and not get to the root of to deal with. It would just be a surfacely little deal with the behavior um, because you had to put on a front. And I think even now, you know, coming back to Atlanta for us, I think it's been something that why, like, we've been so strong in in that lesson of, like, we're enough and getting to that, like, we're enough. Because when we moved to Rochester, it was like we we were able to go through these lessons of figuring out like who we are, like at our core and really, really grasping on and holding on to who we are. Um, But I feel like as we've gotten back here, like it's kind of gotten back in our face, like because we're back around that culture Mm -hmm. of again, like feeling like cussing, like we know cussing down South. If you cuss, you're probably not a Christian. And like, that's the, (laughs) that's like the mentality I feel like. And that's why I'm sometimes I'm hesitant to cuss in front of people because I'm like, people just automatically think you're not spiritual or you're not like, you don't believe in anything deeper. And it's the farthest thing from the truth. You know, we're, it's funny. We were doing a workshop for my in-laws family group, which I know some of you guys are going to listen to this. Um, but it was kind of funny. I opened up the workshop with, a, with two scriptures. I was like, okay, open up your Bibles. And no one had their Bible. And I was like, oh, y'all didn't think we were spiritual, did you? <laughs> and I was like, you have no idea. The foundation of our life is spirituality, is God, is these values that we've learned from the Bible. But just because we cuss and don't go to church every Sunday doesn't mean that we don't hold to so many of the fundamental teachings yeah. Uh, and the wisdom that is within the Bible and the word. And, and um, it's, it, it, it is like something that I feel like has, has made both of us struggle at different times, but has at the same time liberated us as we've really gotten into the scriptures in a deeper way, like to see, wow, this is the fundamental message that Jesus talked about. And that scripture that you shared is actually the scripture that I wanted to share um, and talk about to talk about the second thing I've learned that I really wanted to talk about for you guys. Um, and it's a scripture in Matthew 22. And, and it's, a, it's a scene where Jesus is, he silenced uh, the Sadducees and, and then the Pharisees who you know, were experts in the law uh, in the Old Testament, they come to question him. And you know, Jesus, if you know anything about Jesus, like realistically, fundamentally, Jesus was a rebel of his time. He really was a rebel of his time. He went so far against the religious culture of that day and age that he was a rebel. Uh, He went against everything that was fundamental about religion at that day and was preaching a new gospel. He talked about that all the time. He He came to preach a new gospel. And the teachers questioned him. They said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And it's kind of funny because I can hear them saying this like in a very facetious way, like a way to trap him and say like, oh, so you call yourself teacher. Okay, teacher, then tell us what's the greatest commandment. And Jesus looked at them and he said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your mind. He said, this is the first and greatest commandment. And then the second one is just like, it's the same thing. He's essentially saying, hey, look, 
here are, the, here are the two greatest commandments. And they're both the same. The first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then, hey, guess what? The second one, same thing. Can't be separated. Love your neighbor as yourself. And as Dawn said, I've always been obsessed with this scripture. Literally, I remember the first time I read it was probably when I was like 19, 20 years old. No, I was, yeah, 19 years old. And I remember it just stuck out to me, the love your neighbor as yourself. And I remember it stuck out because at that time, I did not love myself at all. I did not love the person I was. I was deep into that victim mentality of my childhood of feeling like, woe is me. My life has been hard. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing with my life. I have no idea who I'm going to be. I feel like I'm the black sheep of everywhere I go. And I remember just thinking like, love my neighbor as myself, like, uh, I'm going to love my neighbor pretty shitty then because I just don't think highly of myself. It's funny you made, like, you had that connection, like, growing up, I never thought as, like, as myself was never, like, included. It was just, you need to love your neighbor. Like, love your neighbor, love your neighbor. But it was never, like, there was never an emphasis put on as yourself. And I think it's, like, it's kind of lost. Like, it's cool that you recognize that like how are you gonna love um like how are you gonna love like others as yourself if you can't love yourself like I didn't even have that like connection like it it just was never talked about but it's so true like how can you love others if you don't love yourself yeah yeah I mean because it goes so far against what I feel like the religious culture sometimes preaches like we talk about you here. Everybody knows, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Like, even if you're not very religious, you've kind of heard, you've, you've probably heard, heard that, that scripture. scripture. Yeah. Like, and it's preached, love your neighbor, love your neighbor, love your neighbor. Like, I think that even outside of religious cultures, like, you've probably heard that. Yeah. Right? Like, you've, I feel like everyone's heard that. Yeah. Um, like, love your neighbor. Like, that's what you should do. Like, go and take care of your neighbor. Yeah. Right? Like, but it, it is, yeah, it just, I don't know why. It, it obviously stuck out for me for a reason, but it's taken years for me to really fully understand it. Um, yeah. And I don't think it's, it's, it's really just been that lesson way back then. And you look at that 19, so 18 years has gone by for me to like really hone in on this lesson and really understand it and to really grasp it. And it's something that now is such an important piece of my life that like my spiritual life is, is so important. Um, every morning I get up like non-negotiables for me now are meditation, prayer and reading. Like if I don't wake up and do that first thing in the morning, like my morning routine in that way, I like, I feel off. Because for me, that's something that changed in Rochester where I finally started getting this, like understanding this fundamentally, was in in Rochester that first year, you know, we talked a little bit about this in the first episode, but Don asked like, you know, so when did like, when did that first change for you? Like, you know, and I told you that story about how I like pulled over on the side of the road and I realized like, if things are going to change in my life, like I need to change, like I need to start giving to myself so that I can start showing up. I need to fill up my cup first so that I can overflow to give to others. And it's where I finally started realizing like, oh, I 
if I like, as I start giving to myself and start like really processing that and understanding that I show up way more powerfully for other people. And like, and you hear it so much too. Like as I started reading and listening to podcasts and like getting connected with people that have this like-minded philosophy in life, like you realize so many of those people have that, like they have a morning routine. They have a gratitude routine where they're getting up in the morning and journaling three things they're grateful for. And they do some sort of physical exercise. And then there's some sort of meditation. Like they're, it's just, it's, is so fundamentally important. Like it yeah. is, it does fill up your cup. Like I, I do the same thing. I used to, okay, so when TJ did it in Rochester, I- Yeah, but great, great story. <laughs> I used to make fun of him so much. Like you're so dumb, like this is stupid. Like we just got two hours of sleep last night. Why are you getting up and leaving? Like I just, I didn't understand it. I really didn't. And I remember saying in my head, like, there's no way in hell I would ever get up at 4.45 or 4.30 to have that time. Like, no way. No way. And now here I am three years later, two years later. Almost four years. And I now, I get up every morning at 4.45. Like, and some mornings it is begrudgingly. Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I'm, like, popping up. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, no. This morning I was not wanting to. But there is this pull within my soul that I need this time. Now, I will say, if we didn't have kids, it would probably be more like 6 a.m. wake up. Yes. (laughs) But because of our kids, like they're up at 545 and I need, I need that time in the morning of solitude. I, I get up at 445. I do like a 20, 30 minute workout. Then I meditate. Then I journal and read. And I, I need that. Like my soul is so nourished when I give myself that time. Yeah. And I think that's where like with the love your neighbor as yourself, like if you're not loving yourself, your neighbor fill in the blank. I mean, for me, it's my kids. Like, how can I love my kids if I'm not loving myself and taking care of myself? Um, so I feel that that has become so important in my life. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know where you're going. Yeah, that, do you want but... to keep talking about what I learned? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's true. And, and, and it's something that, you know, the whole, yeah, so loving your your neighbor as yourself like taking time for yourself it, it is it's such an important thing and and I'm not saying you know like I do you know my clients I I encourage them to journal I journal every morning as well I, I write down three things I'm grateful for every morning um you know it's it's again it's a non-negotiable and and like Don said like if we didn't have kids we probably would wake up a little later um but it's it's because they get up early. And so we just need to get up earlier if we're going to have that time. And it, and it's so important, you know, and she mentioned something like, if you listen to podcasts, read books, you know, um, you'll hear this in anyone you'll, you'll kind of hear who has reached a level of what I call success. And when I say success, success, I mean, as a whole, not just financially, I mean, as their person, like as a whole person, they are vibrant in life, in their business, in their marriage and their family, um, they're just thriving. But it's not only there if you look throughout the wisdom literature, and this could be 
any wisdom literature. This could be Jesus. This could be Buddha. This could be any sort of religion in, in Stoic philosophy. You look all throughout Stoic philosophy, same thing. Every single one of these people that I guarantee you, like all these quotes and stuff has come from, every single one of them, as you've studied them, as I've studied them, and I look back, they all took time for themselves. Every single one of them. As I looked back and I started reading like Jesus in just fundamentally looking at the way that he lived, it talks so often in the scriptures. If you look, it talks so often how Jesus often went away by himself, up on a mountainside, up on a hillside. He went away from the crowds. Why? Because he understood he needed to fill his cup. He needed to go away to a place to be with himself, to fill himself up, to connect with his creator. And then what? He comes back and loves people fully. You look at the stories of the woman who was caught in adultery. You look at the the stories of the leper that he healed, the, the crowds that he was around, the boy who was paralyzed. Like He was able to give fully of himself because he fully gave to himself first. And that's something that I have just fundamentally come away with over the last like 19 years that I've 18 years that I've been on this journey of of really diving deep into learning and growing. And it goes back to the quote that I would always use with the boys that I would coach. Be the best that you can be and then be better than you ever thought you could be. And I love that quote that my coach used to say to us all the time because it's it's threaded throughout wisdom. It's, it's th- threaded throughout wisdom, philosophy, and, and religion. Be the best that you can be. And then be better than you ever thought you could be. Every single day, strive to be the best you that you can be. Why? Because you being the best you that you can be, you unconsciously allow and give the freedom to other people that you come in contact with the ability to be the best that they can be. And so that's where I want to end. The the second thing that I wanted to share about today is love your neighbor as yourself. It's got to be yourself first. And then it's got to be God, your creator, your connection to that higher source so that you can love others. And as you do that, as I have done that, that's when I've seen things completely turn around. Our relationship has transformed. Our marriage has transformed as I've started, when I started doing that. When I did that in coaching, I would make sure that my mentality, every single day I came to coaching and my kids will tell you this now, the parents of the kids that I've coached will tell you this, like I gave 120% of myself anytime I was around those kids because I wanted to be able to show up powerfully for them to inspire them to be the best that they could be. And if I wasn't being the best that I could be, then there's no way I could inspire them to be the best that they could be. And so they all had to go hand in hand. It was that trifecta. And as I've done that now in my marriage with my kids as a father, it has radically transformed my relationship with my kids. Like radically, every day I come home, no matter what time of day it is, no matter how long it's been that I've been away, My kids now, the minute I open up the door, it is like the most amazing sweet song you'll ever hear in your life. Both of my boys, the minute they hear that door open that I come in, dada! And I just get that dada now. 
Whereas I remember just two, three short years ago when I had kind of lost sight of that right before I started to really like reprocess this again, learn this lesson again, my boys at two and three years old, they weren't doing that. They were doing the opposite. They were running to mama. When I finally changed this around and finally went back to this scripture and started really honing in on myself again and working on myself again, that's when things started changing. So my encouragement to you is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Start loving yourself first. Giving to yourself first so that your cup can overflow. Start seeing life as glass half full so then that way you can fill up other people's cups. She does this. I love this. So, get a get a get a partner that's gonna clap for you when you're just sharing your heart. No, it's Do just that. like our standing joke. He'll he'll have these like I don't want to say it's a rant, but it's this a like, moment, a moment, <laughs> like when we're driving in the car or something, and I'll just start a standing ovation. Because <laughs> <laughs> one day I know he's gonna be on stage is doing this, but I yeah, that was awesome. We can end there. I hope you guys have a fabulous day, and we can't wait till next week. Yeah, seriously, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we love y'all. We hope that you guys get a lot of value out of this. Um, as we've said, we are really wanting to do this um, continuously and put this content out. We're going to do it once a week uh, for right now. That may change. We want to do it more than once a week. Um, but again, please, 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 if you have subjects that you want us to talk about, if you have questions for us, yeah, like we love the question piece. We don't want this to just be about us. And that's why today we try to just share about things that we've learned to hopefully inspire and encourage you guys within your own life. But the hard purpose in this, my dad asked me why we were doing this. Like, are we looking to make money with this? And I was like, no, like, we just want to help people. We just want to share this stuff with people and help people. Um, if we can inspire. And so if there are questions that you have, please, please, please shoot us a DM. Questions or topics. Topics, or things you want yeah. to hear about. Like I, we watched a documentary this past week about like white privilege. Like we, like, if you're interested, like I'd love to share about oh, that and our experience that with subject. that. Like, so we are, we are open to anything. Um, Obviously, we can we can go for an hour just talking about ourselves. But if there's things that you guys want to hear, please let us know. Um, send us a text message, DM us, call us. Um, yeah, we're we're so excited. This is yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, we hope you guys got a lot of value out of this. We love y'all. Hope y'all have a great day and go out and crush it. Make the choice to be enough to love yourself, love other people. And go enjoy every single day, every single moment as if it was your last. Peace out, y'all.